and welcome to Spawned, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com, and today we are going to talk about uh, what everyone pretty much in our social feeds and parent groups and everyone in our own life is talking about these days, back to school, the good, the bad, and the anxiety-provoking. Yes, if 2021 had a tagline, it would be, it's still complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I was hoping for in 2020, but here we are. And of course, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. And we'll be right back, jumping right into this discussion right after this. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Vitapod, a new, very cool machine that makes it easy for everyone in your family to get their vitamins and nutrients all in one tasty drink. With a simple, recyclable pod, which is overflowing with vitamins, essential minerals, and flavonoids, your Vitapod machine whips up a drink in seconds. It also filters your water 10 times better than market-leading filters. The pods were formulated by a team of human health scientists Scientists with the health of your family in mind. And none of the pods contain any sugar except the sports pod, which uses sugar to aid recovery. You can head over to our social media feeds. That's cool mom pics on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to actually see the Vitapod machine in action. It's super cool. In fact, Bridget and Drew, my two kids, were able to do it all on their own. And even better, they're kind of obsessed with it. And you don't want to miss our special offer. Go to vitapodworld.com. Dot com, that's V-I-T-A-P-O-D-World.com and use code CMP10 for $10 off your Vitapod machine or starter kit. That's CMP10 for $10 off at VitapodWorld.com. So Kristen, we knew coming back after the little break, and I hope you had a good break. Did you have a good break? I had a great break, but you know what? I feel like I'm getting smacked in the face on both cheeks with this back to school stuff, man. Yeah. We always say like reentry is hard after a vacation. It's like triple hard where it's like, oh, hey, everything's closing down again. What's going on? We mm. can't make plans anymore. Blah. Yeah. 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 I'm struggling with it. And so when we were talking on the phone this week, we were like, we have to talk about this on Spawn because it's like all we can talk about right now. I just, I can't believe we're here again. I know. I wanted to talk about cute backpacks and lunch boxes. And here we are talking about kind of what I feel like we were talking about last fall. I mean, yeah. It, and it feels worse, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we did a whole episode on the things you should decide about whether or not to send your kids back to school back when we had a choice about hybrid learning or not. But now a lot of schools are mandating in school learning, but what they're not necessarily mandating is masks and hell breaks loose. Everyone's going nuts as they should be. People are stressed. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> like it's just like everything's blowing up and it's very stressful. And I know for me, I think what's hard is I was hoping that everything we went through last year, everything our kids gave up, all the mental health issues, all the lack of normalcy, falling behind in subjects, like all that stuff we gave up, we did it with the hopes that like we would beat this thing. And I'm kind of feeling now like because a lot of people didn't do those things or get vaccinated or take it seriously or they went to parties anyway, that here we are back again with a variant that's worse. And now we're dealing with the same thing again. And I alternate between despondency and like just 
anger. Like I'm angry at people right now. Mm. And I, I have to be honest, like I'm trying to get past that because I know there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of people live in, I can't even say information, like misinformation bubbles where there's these, you know, negative feedback loops that tell you all the things you want to hear that are wrong, crazy conspiracy theories about the vaccine. So I understand some people just are not getting good information. I also know that it's not just like ignorance. You know, like for example, there was just an article in the Times about how young black New Yorkers are not getting vaccinated in part because of a history of skepticism towards the government for good reason and, you know, medical experiments. And, you know, they're skeptical because they, they have good reason to be. I know there's a lot of reasons. So every time I feel angry, I try not to feel angry, but then I feel angry again. Like, how are you doing with all this? You know, I'm actually not angry and not because I haven't been, but I'm really trying to channel the feelings that I'm having into action mm-hmm. regarding what I can control. Control. And yeah. so for me, it's stress because I am currently in a mask optional school district. I'm one of those people right now who are struggling with mask optional. I have a child who is 10 years old who cannot be vaccinated. And I know that I am not the only parent right now struggling with this. Not that I'm not worried about my older kids, both of whom are vaccinated and will be in a school where most, I mean, I'll say 99% of the kids are 12 and up and, you know, fingers crossed, a lot of them are vaccinated. I am one of those people who has a younger child. And I know I'm not alone with that. There are many people. And you know what? The research is coming out. We're seeing a lot of cases in kids and this is scary stuff. Like it has become where we thought, you know, kids are getting mild cases is not affecting them as much to like kids are getting sick. This is serious. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense if you think about it. I mean, the reason kids were not getting sick last year is one, they we were all staying home, right? Mm-hmm, Things mm-hmm. weren't open. So we were keeping them away from infection vectors. And then also now that, you know, an increasing number of adults or kids over 12 have been vaccinated, younger kids are making up a large population of those who are not vaccinated. And I got to be honest, like without being too scary here, I saw a doctor on the news the other day. I'll try to find it and put it on our podcast page so I can cite the source. But he said, the Delta variant is so serious. If you are not vaccinated, it will find you. Mm -hmm. And I was chilled by that. Mm -hmm. And I thought about all these kids and I thought about how like everyone needs to get vaccinated for those of us who can't, our kids who can't, for people who are immunocompromised, for people who are on cancer drugs and like it doesn't really have great impact on them. Like I can see why you're stressed about that. All my kids are 12 and up. Mm -hmm. So my youngest stepkid turned 12 right before camp started. And I was so grateful that we were able to get them vaccinated before camp, which was great. In fact, we even came back to camp and picked them up to get the second shot. But one of the reasons the camps were so safe is because every kid over 12 was vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So they start creating Mm -hmm. basically a herd immunity with like the majority of kids being vaccinated. So we know this works. And so I feel less concerned about my school because I'm fortunate to be in New York City and New York State, despite (laughs) some changes in our government this week. Yes. Um, Yes. Like they've been really great with the mandates. So right now we don't have official mask mandates in general in the city because they want to keep encouraging people to get vaccines and they think that the ability to not wear a mask might help. I don't know about that, but I know the schools are all over it. Mm -hmm. And last Mm -hmm. year, my kids are, you know, it's mandatory in-person learning. I know that. And it will probably be mandatory mask wearing. And I know from last year, having a high school kid and a middle schooler last year, that it worked. The masks worked before there were vaccines. They separated 
the kids. They wore masks all day. And I'll tell you, I know this is just anecdotal, but we would get an email home from the New York State Department of Health and the DOE every time there was like a COVID case and they had protocol for dealing with it. So if somebody was positive for COVID in the school, they immediately like quarantined anybody who'd been in contact with them, dismissed them. And every day we would get an email update about that ongoing cases and how many new cases they were tracking because of it. And the answer every time was zero. Mm -hmm. Every Mm -hmm. time, both schools. And so to me, that says that the masking, the distancing, the quarantining was working. Right. Because if someone tested positive for COVID, symptomatically or not, nobody else seemed to be affected in the school that was around them. And so for me, I'm like, wear the freaking masks, everybody. I don't care if it's optional or not. It works, it works, it works. Yeah, I agree with you. So in in my case last year, I took my kids all out of school. I had two in private school, two in public school. I took them all out. We did online cyber school last year. You know, I was keeping track of what our school district was doing. And that was really what most were, right? Some hybrid, some kids were completely online. They rolled back into the five day. Everyone wore masks. Right. And similarly to what you experienced, there seemed to be good communication. Again, I was getting the second hand from friends and colleagues, right? But there was good information. Kids were quarantining. They really did a great job. Well, now fast forward, you know, end of the school year, the mask mandate was lifted and they have continued to uphold that, you know, we start school in two and a half weeks. And right now, currently, it's mask optional and there are no plans for any sort of contact tracing, reporting, anything at all, which given the research, given everything that's happening right now, you know, the CDC saying kids over two, regardless of vaccination status, should be masked indoors. They're still holding firm. So it's, as you can imagine, and I know I'm not the only one, it is super stressful because I cannot keep my kids home again this year. You know, they suffered. And again, suffer, that word has many definitions, right? Suffering varies. But we had, you know, difficulty. We had mental health issues. It's imperative that my kids go back. And again, pediatricians, psychologists are saying that kids need to be in schools. But as parents, we're thinking about, oh my gosh, their physical health. I'm seeing articles and pictures of kids in ICUs because of COVID. And so I just can't explain the turmoil that I know that I'm going through and so many parents are experiencing right now. I know. My heart goes out. It's so stressful. I mean, even though I have vaccinated kids who wear masks without fault, I am stressed too. So I can only imagine like how much that's amplified. And I do remember last year when we had the podcast episode about whether or not some kids back to school. And I think everyone should listen to that again. Yes, we can link I agree. it up. We'll link that Because up. even if your kids have to go back to school, it actually gives you some really, really good expert tips on things to think about. And I remember one of them was about how responsible are your kids? Mm -hmm, What do they mm -hmm. do when they're out of your hands? Can you trust them? Will they keep the masks on or will they take them off when no one's looking? Will they hug their friends when they're not supposed to and then just say, don't tell anyone? Like, what kind of kid do you have? And I think that we have to be really honest about that with our own kids to be able to create our own rules if we don't have cities or states or school boards that will help us with that. I don't know how you feel about this, but I take a really hard line. Like, I was like, you are wearing masks all the time. Do not take them off. Do not hug your friends. And they didn't. They were really good to the point where, you know, we'd be walking down the street and I'd say, you know, you can take off your mask. We're walking down the street. They'd be like, I don't, I don't know. 
know. <laughs> yeah, I agree to some extent, right, about taking a hard line. I mean, I think the challenge for parents always is when you're trying to have your kids do something and the governing body or the place that they're going yeah. that is also in control, like let's just use schools as an example, is not. Right. Right. So they're not enforcing what you're trying to enforce. And I think that's where the challenge lies for parents, right? Because they're also just not near us. They're going to school. They're not going to be around us. Right. And this is not just a mask discussion. This is a life discussion. Right? Yes. And will they be able to make a good choice? I agree. And it's a life and death discussion. For as much time as parents talk about tech rules and taking away their kids' phones and setting parameters so they can't text during the day during school, like, I don't feel like a lot of parents are taking masks as seriously as they take online boundaries. Like, I, I hear a lot of parents going, oh, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And of course, we don't know what to do. I did talk to a friend this week who was really upset. She has a kid in the Austin School District who has a lot of anxiety about it. And, you know, in Texas, there's no mandatory masks and part of their advocacy helped make it mandatory in their school district. But I did remind her, I was like, look, you have a high school kid who's vaccinated and if they're wearing a mask, even if other people are not, they're in good shape. And that was very reassuring. But if you've got kids who aren't vaccinated, I just think that parents have to take a really hard line on the mask stuff to keep them safe. Kids are fine. It's not, I saw somebody say something yesterday on Twitter that it's funny that parents are like, oh no, masks are ruining their childhood. He's like, do you know what ruined your childhood even more? Gym class. <laughs> there are other indignities that kids suffer. And I also saw we both shared the same tweet from Akilah Hughes about how like schools were so good at reinforcing no spaghetti straps and no short shorts for girls, but not so much about the masks, you know? So right. we can do this. We can do this. Well, again, it's tricky when the schools aren't the ones enforcing it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that is the problem that I think most parents who are pro-mask, right, are worried about. Out, right? It's like, I want my kids to wear masks. You have more leverage and more control, if you will, yeah. with your younger kids. This is just how it is, right? But when you start to get into tweens and teens, it becomes more difficult. And I think we should really talk about how to talk to your kids about wearing masks, right? But first, I want to talk about advocacy because I think we can make some big changes. And I know in my experience where right now it is mask optional, there are many parents in my district who are emailing board members. They are attending meetings. They have signed up for Facebook groups. They are signing petitions. They're talking to other parents as well. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, we're requiring masks. Oh, great. Okay, so are we. And it makes a difference. It really is meaningful. Right. I mean, right. look at all these southern states and districts that are starting to overturn governors like you may not have a mask mandate in their school district with advocacy. Like Kate and Caroline from our team at Cool Mom Picks, they're in the Williamson School District in Tennessee. That was all over the news this week for having like people threatening people who were saying we should have masks. We, we know where you are. We'll come find you. They went there, which was really brave. And they like stood up and they got masks to be mandated. So I, I, I'm really glad you talked about advocacy because you can't underestimate the importance of that. It's really powerful. And I think there are many times, right, where we feel like our voices aren't being heard, right? You know, sometimes it feels like, okay, I want to speak out about this issue, but I am one person in a sea of many people. However, we are seeing the power of advocacy yes. and how it works right in front of our eyes. Yes. School districts 
defying state mandates and saying we're requiring masks. And also, by the way, when you're able to keep up with your own state and what's happening, that can help influence your own smaller school district. So for example, just today, this morning at 12.01 a.m., the city of Philadelphia, right? And again, I'm in the suburbs, I'm in Bucks County, but the city of Philadelphia is now requiring masks indoors at all businesses where employees and guests are not required to be vaccinated. Go Philly! So when cities are starting to roll those things out, these are the things that you can alert your board members. You can talk to other parents and let them know if they're on the fence about making their kids wear a mask or they're unsure. Hey, listen, Philly's not letting anybody indoors without a mask. So like, this is a big deal, guys. This is a big deal. And I'm glad you mentioned talking to friends because that's mostly what I've been doing. Mm. I mean, I'm lucky that New York City is really has never like quite let go of the mask thing. Like to this day, you go in a supermarket, everyone's wearing a mask still. We never let that go even when we could. So I'm lucky. But I know a lot of people aren't. So I've been focusing on individuals and like using social media and having my kids talk to their own friends to indoctrinate them into good health health That's the kind of good indoctrination, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was lucky enough a couple months back to get to interview Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who runs the CDC, and Dr. Vivek Murtha, who's the Surgeon General, and wrote an article about it on Coolmompics about how one of the most impactful things we can do is have our kids talk to other kids and say, like, yeah, I got the vaccination. It was no big deal. It's not a problem. Because then those kids talk to their parents. So one-on-one advocacy, if you are not comfortable going to a rally or a protest or speaking up at your school board, it helps to just talk to individuals. Like, it's amazing. When I first got vaccinated in the spring and I was posting about it, I got so many DMs from people I didn't even know saying, you know, I haven't been loud about it, but you've actually made me really proud that I got this done or I haven't thought about sharing it, but now I will. Like, we all have influence. I always say, like, everyone's an influencer. And so that's one thing that anyone can do. Just, like, talk to your neighborhood. Talk to the people you pass on the street. Advocate for our kids' health and safety and well-being. I can't think of a more noble reason to talk to friends and neighbors and family members. Well, and also call out misinformation, right? If you hear someone say, well, you know, what about these vaccine passports? It's an invasion of privacy. Guess what? We've all had to be vaccinated to go to other countries. And guess what? If you have Instagram... Or Facebook, you have no standing to talk about your lack of privacy. I know, I know. If you're if you're on social media, but also, you know, people talking about how, you know, I can't believe some schools, we're talking colleges, like are requiring vaccinations. They've required vaccinations for years. They always you, have. I had to register my children for school this year because I took them out. Yeah. Guess what was required in order for me to complete the registration? A vaccination form. Absolutely. (laughs) When I went to Ethiopia, I had to get dedicated vaccinations. People in the military have to get a zillion vaccinations. This is not a new thing. No, it's not new at all. It's a propaganda talking point. Let's call it out. But it's taking away our freedom. That's crap. Because the public health and the greater good is built right into our constitution. And if all you have to do is get a super safe shot built on decades and decades of research on similar vaccines. This is like an adaptation of vaccines that have already existed for SARS and bird flu. This is not like brand new technology that's all scary and, you know, it's not tested. This is like a evolution of something that's already been out there that's proven safe. And so if you're not seeing that information, seek it out. Look out legitimate sources. Personally, I think it's easier to believe the thousands and thousands of healthcare experts, epidemiologists, researchers, scientists around the world than to believe that there's like some secret cabal all of people implanting microchips in you. (laughs) 
Yes. Oh, boy. That's just oh, me, yes. maybe. Oh, yes. The microchip discussion. Yeah. So, I mean, I think advocacy is important. And then I think it's really about talking to kids about wearing masks. And that comes in different ways, right? I think the first thing really is about setting the example yourself and talking about why, you know, why I'm doing this. Explaining, like, I'm doing this. Yes, I'm vaccinated, but there have been breakthrough cases. Certain people cannot be vaccinated, like young children, if I'm talking to my 10-year-old, like you, right? And the more people who wear masks, the more people who get vaccinated, the more protection we will have for the people who can't get vaccinated. That's how this works. You know, if ever we needed a village, it's now. So I think setting the example. And the other thing is, just like when we talk about body image or reading or technology, our kids are listening to us. So if you're complaining about wearing a mask, if you are annoyed by it, they're going to hear that. That's a great point. So you know what? Find a great mask, make it stylish, make it fun, do whatever you need to do to make it comfortable for yourself because your kids are watching. Our kids are looking. And if you are complaining about it and being like, this is the worst thing ever, they're going to get that message and they're not going to want to do it. I, I totally agree. And and for those people who are like kids are, you know, missing their childhoods by wearing masks and, you know, I, I get it. Like, it's hard. It's hard for us emotionally to look at a playground full of kids wearing little masks and playing. We don't see their smiles and we don't see them laughing. And that's emotionally and viscerally, like, tough on us. Kids are fine. You know, when you tell them to put on their seatbelt, they don't question it. Maybe it makes them uncomfortable or they wiggle or whatever, but they do it. You know, they didn't have years of life before seatbelts <laughs> to fall back on, right? So... Uh, kids are more resilient than we think. They're willing to follow safety protocols. And since the day we all first got pregnant or adopted or had kids come into our homes, what did we do? We like childproof. We researched the best way to keep them healthy. What's the best formula or the best way to breastfeed? Like we've always looked out for our kids' health. Mm -hmm, so this mm -hmm. to me is just another health issue. It's on a bigger scale and not to be morose, but like kids are not traumatized by wearing masks. What kids will be traumatized by is hearing that a classmate or a cousin or a friend is in the hospital on a ventilator. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the more challenging discussion that parents are going to have with kids, right, are for those of us who currently right now are in mask optional places. Yeah. And we really firmly believe, even though our kids are vaccinated, right, like my older kids are vaccinated, that we really want them to wear masks. So what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to talk to well, your Well, you kids? know, I think about our past guests, right? I think about Ken Ginsburg and I think about Lisa Damore and I think about their approach to hard topics, right, which always has been a about the research and the facts and about their health. Talking about it from that stance, right? When we decide something for our kids who are in that stage of their lives, right, who where they want agency and developmentally, that's appropriate for them to want to make their own decisions for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. I think we need to arm our kids with all the information so that they have it and so that it doesn't sound necessarily that we're, you know, clamping down on them, but rather we're helping them make a good decision for their health. You know, in my case, with my kids, it's really just about, here's the information right now. There are this many cases in our area. There are children who are in the hospital. I'm showing them articles. I'm showing them pictures of kids. I'm showing them what has happened. I'm talking to other parents and I'm saying, hey, listen, you know what? I spoke to X, Y, and Z. You know, they're requiring masks as well. And here's why. And having an open discussion about it. I think the natural tendency, right, is to just grip tightly and be like, you're going to have to do this. Like, this is, mm -hmm. this is required. This is what you're going to have to do. End of story. Well, I like the reminder of giving your kids agency. Way back when, you know, early on, 
I gave my kids a choice. Like they said, listen, can I see this one friend? And this was, you know, very early in the pandemic. And I remember saying, look, you can see grandma or you can, you know, see a friend, but we kind of can't do both because she's older and high risk. And my kids are very close with their grandmother. And so they felt that they were making the choice. And that mm-hmm. was, I mm-hmm. think that was really helpful because they always thought about, I'm giving this up, but I'm keeping grandma safe. And that worked for them. Something yeah. different yeah. will work for different kids. But I'm glad you reminded me that it's important to help kids be a part of the decision so they can feel ownership over it. Well, and you have to think of the rest of your relationship. Like how many of us wore long skirts walking out of the house and then pulled them up as we got on the school bus on the way to school, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't necessarily want that kind of relationship with my kids. I want it to be open. You know, kids aren't going to tell their parents everything. That's also developmental, right? Like we're not always going to be their confidants. Mm -hmm. But I think that this idea of influence, right? Like we've talked about this with so many of our past guests, that we can have this positive influence where they can look to us for guidance. And the way that we do that is by modeling the behavior, by arming them with information, right? And helping them towards that smart decision. Right. And yes, a lot of it is, like you said, making hard choices. You know, my son was like, mom, I don't wear a mask at hockey. Why do I have to wear it at school? And the truth of the matter is, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, and I think we need to be honest. And we, you know what? Yeah, Drew, you're right. It doesn't make sense. But here is why. You're at hockey for two hours. You know, I'm talking through the situation. You're at school for longer. Right, you're not in a small enclosed space. Exactly. So we need to arm our kids with that information. And it's the same thing we would do when we're talking to them about drugs. We're talking to them about alcohol. We're talking to them about all the hard things. Go look at Lisa DeMore's books and look at Ken Ginsburg's books because they offer guidance in talking about and dealing with these difficult decisions and it applies to this as well. Even though they don't talk about masks in the book, it carries over. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the jug and alcohol thing because I think like that, this is a a severe health issue. This isn't a a moral or a values choice, like how short to wear your skirts. And so there are some things that kids are going to defy us on because they're exerting independence or they're trying to figure out who they are as individuals. And then there's some things like drunk driving where there is a hard line. Like if when my kids drive, which terrifies me, (laughs) like there's going to be a serious hard line on drinking and driving. And there will be like major, major discussions about that. And I feel like we can look at it the same way. We can go into like abstinence education, you know, like that all applies too. like we know that telling kids to not have sex, right, is not the way to get them to not have sex, right? Right. But to make safe choices is good. Right. Right. You can drive, but you can't drive when you're drunk. And here are your three other options that you can do so that you'll be safe. Right. I agree. But I think it's important that we look at the mask thing as a greater public health issue, not just affecting them, but their friends. Like one of the issues is that we kind of are holding on to some of the earlier scientific guidance that we had from a year ago or six months ago. And it's hard to adapt and change. Like we get something in our head. All right, the masks just protect you from me. And now we've learned that's not the case. It protects you also. But as the learning grows and the science grows and the data grows, the science grows and then the guidance changes. And so a lot of guidance has changed. And it's not because the scientists don't know what they're talking about. It's because science is all about adaptability and evolution and change. 
changing right. and, and changing with new information, right? Absolutely. Like we don't put leeches on you anymore <laughs> when, when you have a cold, right? <laughs> There's no more bloodletting. Except if you're on that plastic surgery show where they put leeches on your, to get the blood to flow on your skin for real. That still happens. But other than that, Liz, other than that, we're not using leeches. Well, you know, the last thing I want to say about this too, and someone told me this when I was discussing this issue in my little town with a lovely store owner. And she said, you know what? You can always change your mind. And I know that is in some ways a very privileged statement, right? Because some of us cannot keep our kids home. That's just not feasible for our work schedule or whatever the challenges are in our lives outside of this. But we can change our mind. There are options. And if you send your kids to school and you feel like they're not safe, it's okay to say, you know what, this didn't work. I'm going to have to change course. Or the reverse. If you keep your kids home because you're super concerned and then you realize, okay, actually, I think that it may be better for them to be at school. Hey, maybe even your kids realize, yeah, I don't really want to be at home. I'm more than willing to wear a mask anytime, all the time, if I can just go to school. Yeah. That's okay. I think we sometimes feel like our decisions are written in stone and they're not actually. So I think we all need to give ourselves some grace and realize that we are doing the best we can. We're going to make the best decision we can with the information we have right now. And that may change and that's okay. It's a little inconvenient, says someone who took her kids out of the school district that she just put them back in and had to do the entire application again. Oh my God. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Because safety first and keeping our kids healthy is just the most important thing. Which brings us right back to advocacy. You want to be able to send your kids someplace where you feel like they are in good caring and loving hands with people who have their best interests at heart. And if that includes their health and safety and well-being in the face of a global pandemic, like I, I think that should factor into your decision. And if you can advocate for a safer school that imparts more confidence, I say go for it. Like, let's do whatever we have to do to help our kids live in the safest world possible. And let's get rid of this thing already because damn, I need a vacation. Yes. Well, on that note, listen, we have so many articles. So if you're looking for sources. Again, keep in mind, things are changing so rapidly and we are not CNN. We are not, <laughs> we are not your, you know, um, breaking news outlet, but we do try to stay abreast of everything. So we're going to link everything on coolmompics.com. You can head over to our podcast page. If you need support or help or information and you're not able to find it, we have some really great sources. You know what? Let's start a thread on our podcast page oh, yeah, so that totally our listeners that can add any really helpful articles that they found as well, because we get such good ideas from all of you. We have smart listeners. Kristen. We do. We really do. All right, great. So Spawned on Facebook, head over there. We're going to start a thread. Of course, check our podcast page and we will be right back with our cool picks of the week after this. Kristen, I am really happy, like in a legitimately super happy way <laughs> to welcome <laughs> Mabel's Labels as our latest sponsor because I have used them since my kids were tiny tots and I have the entire timeline of changed label designs over the, like 10 years to prove it. <laughs> oh, I know. So do I. You know, it's funny. I was sending Bridget off to camp and I'm getting ready for back to school and I have the labels from Mabel's labels from Quinlan stuff and Margot's stuff and now I'm putting Bridget's name on it. There's like actually a little bit of nostalgia associated with these folks and they're awesome. There is. It's 
so funny when I look back and I see that like, Thalia had a pink label with like a little fairy wand and then it was like a black skull and now she's like I just want my name and no design That's and like amazing. it's cool in fact I just wrote a post for them on Cool Mom Picks that has like 12 personalized label tips that you might not have thought of and we're getting such good feedback about it and it's really all just from my own experience like you can save a lot of money on back to school gear when you order Mabel's labels which are really affordable and they're cute and they're fun and if you put them on a hand-me-down or an older piece of gear it's like new <laughs> it really works like that old kind of slightly beat up hydro flask and you're like I don't want to buy a new one you like put a new label on it and it feels like it can exhibit a kid's style for this year because we all know that it changes quickly yeah and all this stuff is expensive so just think about your budget right especially I've got four kids and I just can't buy new stuff every year so popping a label on that's going to be durable and waterproof and laundry safe and dishwasher safe and all of those things like that's the way to go just they really do last simple budget standpoint they do I'm telling you I'm trying to peel off Quinlan's to put on Bridget's <laughs> yeah labels. no they, they really they stay last up. That's what I like, though. You can get them off. It's not like they're stuck on forever. But they really stay on, like, through the dishwasher, like, years and years. They're great. They're just so well made. I'm very impressed with them. I really love getting them every year. Oh, one of the other tips that we shared that we really like, you can put your kids' pronouns on their labels, which, which I think is so yeah. smart and helpful it is. It is. and helps normalize that. And I know that's important for a lot of the kids out there. And so it's nice. It's nice to see like Liz, she, her on my new labels that Mabel's label sent me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and what are you going to be labeling? I think these days it's like our lipstick and our charging cables because my kids steal my lip gloss, my lipstick and my charging cables. <laughs> I do. I do label my charging cables. In fact, that was another tip is like anything people fight over in the house, just like put a label on it. Like a gaming controller, cords. My kids steal my laptop cord constantly. I don't know why. And then they'll be like, what? No, this is mine. And now I can flip it over and be like, mm, no. it says Liz on it. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, you know, we'll link up your wonderful post over on our Cool Mom Picks podcast page, but we also have a special offer for Mabel's Labels. So if you need to order any labels, make sure you obviously go to Mabel's Labels, but use the code COOLMOMPICKS, all together, all caps, for 10% off site-wide at Mabel labels.com. It's M-A-B-E-L-S labels.com. There are some restrictions that apply, but overall, very simply, get 10% off, head to mableslabels.com and get ready for back to school. All right. Well, now it's time for our Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Liz, yes. what is your cool pick? Okay. So for those of you who love Ted Lasso, I'm not going to recommend that because you're already watching it. And you know how happy <laughs> and good it makes you feel? Yes. That's how I feel about Schmigadoon. I saw the preview last night because I'm catching so up on Ted great. Lasso and I was like, oh, I have to watch this. I have to watch it. It is like the most hilarious throwback to the musicals of the 40s and 50s, oh, like Oklahoma fun. and Sound of Music and Music Man. So if you are a musical theater geek like me, you will really appreciate the references. The cast is amazing. It's Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Kay. So they basically play a couple. They're doctors. They're both doctors. They fall in love. They're having trouble with their relationship. And they end in some magical weird place called Schmigadoon. And they end up trapped in a musical. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> hilarious. And so they've got, like, Alan Cumming, Kristen Chenoweth, Ariana DeBose, Aaron Tveit. Like, so many incredible, like, 
people you know and, and Broadway people. And the songs are the most genius parodies of the songs you know from these musicals. Oh, cool. And it's so funny. It's just so funny and self-referential. And like, I just, every week, I cannot wait for the next one. <laughs> So Schmigadoon, it's on Apple Plus. Yes. And I have to tell you, I'm even like probably going to get my dad a subscription to Apple Plus just so he can watch Schmigadoon because he will love it that much. Well, and then he'll get to watch Ted Lasso. So perfect. I know. Apple Plus, they're really doing good with the original they shows, are. let me tell you. So Kristen, you have a very big exciting I do. I have a cool, a very cool, extra cool, cool pick of the week. I just announced on all of my social medias last week that I... We'll be publishing a children's picture book in, you know, fall of 2023. So, you know, hang in there, you know, publishing world. And of course, the illustrations aren't done, but I am teaming up with an amazing illustrator. Her name is Jiating Chen. She is fantastic. And the book is called We Are American Too. And it actually follows the journey of a fourth generation biracial Asian American girl. She goes through her family history and then sort of ends up at this. Asian American rally. It's a mix of history and activism. It's very sweet. And I am so, so, so excited. I am so excited. Kristen, I'm already booking you as a guest so I can interview <laughs> about it because we always have children's book authors and now you get to be one we of them. Do. And as an Asian American woman yourself, like yes. I think it's just great. It's just timely and topical. You'll be so good at this. We've been reviewing children's books for 15 years. So it's about time that you write one yourself. Well, thank you. I know it was funny. I was like, hmm, what do I do with my family story? And then I was like, wait a second. I know children's books really well. Hooray! Hey, so of course, it will be a while. Fall of 2023. I'll keep everybody posted, of course. But it was just really sweet and thoughtful of everyone to comment and say congratulations. It's been very exciting, particularly through a very challenging last few months personally and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice to be able to celebrate some good news. I love that. And hey, I am all for women being able to proudly announce their own accomplishments. So I think it's cool that the cool pick of the week is something you made yourself. That's amazing. Yes. Yay, Kristen. Yay, Kristen. And yay, you listeners. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our awesome engineer, John Bowen. And hey, listen, I don't know if folks are following us on Instagram. I know you saw this, Liz, because you are obviously following us on Instagram. (laughs) But we shared, we had a bunch of new reviews and ratings. So thank you for listening to us. Sometimes it feels like we're just, we're not, I mean, we do have a script, but we do love to get your five-star reviews. We acknowledge them. We're going to share them on social media and we appreciate them. What a lot of people don't realize particularly on Apple Podcasts, if that's how you listen to us, is that when you give us a rating or you actually take a couple minutes and leave us a written review, it helps other people find us because Apple says, these people are important. People are rating and reviewing them. So we're going to let more people find them when they search for podcasts that are similar. So you're actually helping us. Plus, I like being able to keep it free. Yes. Like I know a lot of people are kind of charging for podcasts or doing Patreons and, you know, ah, who knows what the future brings. But right now, honestly, I just love being able to do this for free for all of you and have great discussions inspired in part by your own questions. It's just like a really tiny way to say thank you to us and help support us and keep us going so we can keep doing this because we love it too. is very true. And of course, we mentioned our Spawn podcast community on Facebook. You can head over there. Of course, all of the links will be on our site. And we have a bunch of other Facebook groups as well. We have Recipe Rescue. We have Out Tech Your Kids. And you know, if you follow us on social, Cool Mom Picks 
on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, you'll keep up to date on a lot of the things, quite frankly, that we don't necessarily cover on the podcast and even some stuff we don't cover on the site. So if you like what we're doing and you want more of us, that is the best way to keep up with us. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to Spawn. We really appreciate you. This is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye.